Hello, friends. It's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF, your hometown radio station, right there in Madison, North Florida, South Georgia. If you're listening while you're driving down the interstate, we welcome you today and we do earnestly pray that this broadcast will be a blessing to you today. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're glad to be with you. We always say that, and we really, really mean that. We've just come through the the hurricane winds uh, here in Florida. If you're listening by computer anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world, we welcome you today. Amen. And the winds are blowing uh, spiritually, not just uh, through the weather systems of the world, but the winds are blowing today, and they are blowing hard against the kingdom of God and the king that rules that kingdom, Jesus Christ. If you are a Christian today, you are an upstream Christian in a downstream world, and you are. we are encouraged in Scripture, as Paul put it, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth to those things that are before. I press toward the mark of for the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ. That word press means to strain forward. It's someone that the wind is blowing against, and yet they are pushing on. Hallelujah. Pressing on. Pressing in. Praise God. Amen. We used to have a man in our congregation before we even begin our broadcast today, and, and he he had uh, mental issues, but he didn't have a spiritual issue. He had received Christ as his Savior and, uh, and his Sovereign. Uh, but uh, everyone else would amen when some high point of the service, some true point of the Word was brought forth under the anointing, and I would hear a resonant amen over here, and a resonant amen over there, and maybe even a preach it over here, praise God, amen, and then I would hear, keep on trucking, and I knew who it was, praise God, amen, keep on pressing on, keep on on, keeping on. This is no time to be discouraged. This is no time to be distracted. This is no time to be deceived. This is the time to stir ourselves to holy spiritual activity, to get back into our prayer clauses, to get our our joy back, hallelujah, to get our enthusiasm to tell somebody about Jesus back. And we're going to talk about reprioritizing our life through this, this message today to make sure that the kingdom of God is first, because when it is, when the kingdom is first, God promised to take care of everything else. You won't have to give it a second thought according to the word of God. Amen. For the Father knows what you have need of in those areas, but he knows the greatest need is to have Jesus be the king of your heart, and therefore his kingdom be sought above everything else in your life. Praise God. Amen. We're going to be talking about who switched the price tags, rediscovering 
the truly precious things. And two books of the Bible, we're taking our our scriptural points, and it's in First and Second Peter. Last week, we talked about the trying of your faith being more precious than gold that perisheth. And this week, we're going to talk about the second precious thing out of First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. And it is the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19 says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from the vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. The precious blood of Christ. Amen. How do you place value on something that is precious? Consider, for example, the Hope Diamond initially cut from a stone that was 112 carats in size. This stone was cut into two main diamonds, one of which was 67 carats, and eventually lost in a crown jewel robbery. The Hope Diamond is 45.5 carats. It is the largest deep blue diamond in the world. Found in the 1600s, they considered it to be one billion years old. How they found that out, I don't know. Uh, Anyway, uh, carried to the surface of the earth by a volcanic eruption in what is now India. Yet there's not a loving mother or dad in the world that would not give a thousand hope diamonds for the life of a little boy or girl dying from some disease. So it is with the blood of Jesus. It is precious beyond price. For by it we have been ransomed from the eternal suffering, banishment and punishment. By it we are loved beyond all measure. The blood of Jesus. Amen. I love what C.H. Spurgeon said about the preciousness of the blood of Jesus. He commented on 1 John 3 and verse 5, which says, uh, You know that He appeared in order to take away sins, and in Him there is no sin. And Spurgeon said, We We must each one say, He loved me, gave Himself for me. In His blood you must be personally washed, By His blood, you must be personally reconciled to God. Through His blood, you must personally have access to God. And by His blood, you must personally overcome the enemy of your soul. Jesus' suffering, bleeding, dying, has procured for sinners the forgiveness of their sins. The blood of the covenant takes away every sin, be what it may. And there was never a sin believingly confessed and taken to Christ that has ever baffled his power to cleanse it. I want you to hear that. There was never a sin 
believingly confessed and taken to Christ that has ever baffled his power to cleanse it. You see, that is one of the reasons the blood of Jesus is so precious, therefore priceless. It's because there is no sin. I want to reiterate that because we think there are sins that are so deserving of judgment that if the one who committed the sin truly repents and truly trusts Christ as their Savior, that, there would, that they would never find the compassion. They would never find the mercy necessary to obtain that forgiveness. And I want you to know the blood of Jesus declares that there is no sin. Uh, to me, the unpardonable sin is not just what they were saying uh, in reference to the Holy Spirit that came to reveal Christ and convict them uh, and attributing to Jesus the works of the devil. It was what was in their heart that caused them to say it. You know, the Bible said when they knew him, they would not confess him because they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. To me, the unpardonable sin is the sin that is unconfessed, the sin that we refuse to give up, the sin that we refuse uh, to, to believe that God will forgive us for. That's the secondary reason for not repenting. Someone feels so guilty out there today that you say, I, I, God could never forgive me. Listen, God has declared his desire to forgive you when he sent his son. We're coming up again and it's, we're gearing up already for the Christmas season. And once again, the focus is on a manger in Bethlehem. A friend of mine, the reason he laid in that cradle is so he could go to that cross. That was his mission. Amen. And he accomplished his mission. And when he had suffered for six agonizing hours on that cross, he drew his last breath and cried, It is finished. One Greek word that literally meant completed, paid in full. Your sin debt, friend, and my sin debt, not the half, but the whole, was paid in full by the blood of Jesus Christ. I want to read this again. There never was a sin confessed, repented of, and taken to Christ that ever baffled his power to cleanse it. This fountain has never tired in vain. Hallelujah. In its pardon, freely given, acting immediately and abiding forever, to that there is no fear of the guilt ever being again laid to the charge of the forgiving one. Through the precious blood, our sins are blotted out, cast into the depths of the sea, and removed as far from us as the east is from the west. Our sins literally cease to be. They are made an end of. They cannot be found against us anymore. There is absolute remission of sins. You see, when God forgives, He forgets. <laughs> Hallelujah. That sin, as far as God is concerned, is gone. It is remitted. The precious blood of Christ cleanses from all sin. 
yes, turns the scarlet into a whiteness which exceeds that of the newly fallen snow, a whiteness which never can be tarnished, washed by Jesus, the blackest of sinners shall appear before the judgment seat of the all-seeing judge without one spot. How is it that the blood of Jesus affects this? The secret lies in the vicarious or substitutionary character of our Lord's suffering and death. Because He stood in our places, the justice of God is vindicated, and the threatening of the law is fulfilled. It is now just for God to pardon sin, Christ bearing the penalty of human sin instead of men has made the moral government of God perfect in justice. This is the great secret. This is the heavenly news. This is the gospel of salvation, that through the blood of Jesus, sin is justly put away. Oh, how my very soul loves this truth. Glory be to God. What a mouthful. It was hard even for me to get it all out. Praise God. Andrew Murray talks about the preciousness of the blood of Jesus Christ. Did you know before I read this, when we're emphasizing the place of the blood, the purpose of the blood, and the preciousness of the blood of Jesus in our, in our lives as Christians, There are church organizations. I don't say this with a mean spirit today, but just to show the error that we can fall in, there are church organizations and church leaders of certain denominations that have went on record saying, we don't need a bloody gospel. Therefore, they're not seeing the blood of Jesus as so pertinent, so positive, so powerful, so precious to our faith. Oh, friend, there are churches who have taken songs like, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The great hymns that that help us keep the right perspective of the price that was paid for our salvation and the place that blood should have in our heart and in our life and in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Those great songs, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath the flood lose all their guilty stains, lose all their guilty stains. Hallelujah. Praise God. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's flow. Would you be free from the burden of sin? Oh, friend of mine, these hymns of the faith, this emphasis on the place of the blood, the purpose of the blood, and the preciousness of the blood of Jesus. We need to never lose that perspective. It is as Christ is the centerpiece of the gospel 
of Jesus Christ. Andrew Murray commenting on this scripture in Revelation 5, verse 8 and 9, which said, Thou art worthy, thou art worthy, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. The Dutch theologian, missionary, and pastor Andrew Murray in his excellent little book, The Power of the Blood of Jesus, reminds us of the great biblical truths And he said, and I quote, from the beginning to the end of Scripture, from the closing of the gates of Eden to the opening of the gates of the heavenly Zion, there runs through the Scripture a golden thread. It is the blood that unites the beginning and the end that gloriously restores what sin had destroyed. He continues to say there's nothing that draws our hearts nearer to God, filling them with God's love and joy and glory as living in constant spiritual view of that blood. The blood of Jesus is the greatest mystery of eternity, the deepest mystery of divine wisdom. And the blood, therefore, must have the same place in our hearts as it has with God. Hallelujah. Amen. God sees us through the blood and its accomplished work in our behalf. So therefore, friend of mine, we should see ourselves through the blood and what is accomplished in our life. That's why the Bible said when we we come to God and we repent of our sin and we receive His forgiveness and that sin is remitted as if we had never sinned. And the gift of righteousness is transmitted to us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Our conscience should be sprinkled from evil. And that simply means that we should never again allow the guilt of those past sins begin to torment us and accuse us, for those sins have effectively been removed. Glory to God. God removes it from our account and puts righteousness to our account. We should remove them from our mind. It's part of forgetting the things that are behind, I believe that Paul was talking about, is the fact of the great sins that he knew were in his life. He held the cloak and, and authorized and egged them on, those that stoned the first Christian to death. And how that sin must have eat at him, especially after he came to Christ as his Savior, that he consented, enjoyed, employed, uh, and took part uh, in not throwing the stones, but holding the garments of them. I'll hold your cloak so you can throw those stones and kill this Christian. Oh, friend of mine, the only thing that can remove that kind of guilt, the only thing that can move, remove that is the blood of Jesus. But when it does, we must allow the Holy Spirit to show us that great truth to such a degree that our conscience is sprinkled from evil, that we don't feel the guilt and the shame anymore. And when you begin to experience that new life, that new birth, that new freshness, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood 
of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. There's power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. Come for a cleansing. And the cleansing is not just between us and God, but in our very mind and conscience and heart. Our heart sprinkled from evil. Therefore, we can come before God with a clear conscience. We can lay our head down at night. You see, there are people that will never forgive and never forget. They will point the finger of condemnation at you and at me for as long as we live. But God is on record as saying this. He said, as it is written, saith the Lord, speaking of the in the old covenant of the new covenant that was to come, that now is in place, I will, I will cast their sins away from them as far as the east is from the west, and their sins will I remember no more. Praise God. Amen. God has forgiven God has forgotten. God has given us this brand new opportunity to live our life in the light of our salvation and our Savior's love and grace and mercy. And it's all because the blood of Jesus was shed at that cross. Now, there is no scripture that directly uses the phrase pleading the blood of Jesus. But there is scriptures to support this kind of claim on the blood's work in our life. You know, the enemy is called the accuser of the brethren in Revelation chapter 12. And it says that, that he accused them before God day and night. Now, is the accuser of the brethren. You know, there's a lot of names for the devil, Lucifer in the Old Testament, which he was at, before the fall, a high-ranking arch, archangel in heaven, and he was called Lucifer, which isn't a negative name until he sinned and fell from from the, his heavenly place. He was cast out and cast down. Lucifer simply meant light-bearer. He was that, that beautiful angel that by reason of his own beauty was lifted up and became envious of, of God and the worship of God. He wanted that worship for himself. And that's a whole other message. But, uh, but other than some mean junkyard dog, I don't think you'll ever find anyone named Lucifer because we know it is a, a name for the evil one. But it didn't start out that way. It's what he became when he rebelled against God. The light bearer. The one who, who ministered in the presence of God himself became the prince of darkness. Oh, friend today, don't let him blind you to what the blood of Jesus has done in your behalf. Don't see the, 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 the tempter, the one that will tempt you to do the wrong, uh, will turn on you the moment the wrong is done. And he will, he will tell you that you're not worth saving, that you're not worth loving, that you're not worth anything. He will try to get you to take your own life in the total despair of your guilt and your shame. 
shame, your pain, and your heartbreak. Oh, friend of mine, but the blood of Jesus declares a claim on your soul. The blood of Jesus declares that you are loved beyond human understanding and human imagination. The shed blood of Jesus is so precious because it is so powerful. Praise God. Amen. When God sees the blood, we used to sing that great hymn of the faith. When I see the blood, I will pass. I will pass over you. Glory to God. When I see the blood, it's typical in every communion service of the blood on the doorpost in the Old Testament when God delivered his people from Egypt's bondage. And he said, when this angel that is coming to slay the firstborn in all of Egypt, when he sees the blood on the doorpost, he will pass over you. Hence, the Passover, the cedar meal, was created and celebrated. Their deliverance, amen, from, from sin and judgment, and therefore deliverance from Egypt's bondage. You know, when God delivers you from sin and pronounces you righteous, hell has no claim on you. Hell has no hold on you. Satan has no authority over you. Praise God. That prison house is brokenness. That d broken, that darkness is penetrated. Praise God. Those eyes that were blinded now can see. Amen. It's declared in the great Christian hymn, Amazing Grace. I once was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. Praise God. There are no hopeless cases. There's no one whose sin is so great and grievous that the blood of Jesus is baffled by it. How can I handle this? No, that sin can be forgiven. That sin will be forgiven today. To me, the real core issue of the unpardonable sin is the sin that is unconfessed, the sin that is not repented of, the Savior that is not received, because we're either too stubborn and proud to receive him, or, or we do not believe that, there, that he could possibly ever forgive us. Therefore, why bother coming to him? Oh, what a deception from the devil today. The cross screams, God loves you. The cross declares and proclaims, your sin can be and will be forgiven. If I could go to death row today at Rayford here in Florida or any penitentiary or prison in the world, if I could walk down death row, there would be men's sins that would be so heinous that in my human understanding and human judgment, I would say, you know, you deserve what you're about to get. And I'm not saying that justice, man's justice should not be served I'm not saying that 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 uh, that every case should be uh, every person should be set free from from the 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 penitentiary. Uh, I'm saying that there is no sin that God cannot and will not forgive. I'm saying there's no one that is unworthy of God's forgiveness, and I would be happy to pray the sinner's prayer with anyone 
that is that is sincerely repenting of their sin on death row today. Friend of mine, you may not be in a penitentiary, but you're on death row spiritually today. If you should die right now, amen, you would face without Christ and without the application of the blood that he has so generously supplied. To, oh, friend, to be banished from the presence of God and punished forever in a place called hell. Oh, friend, today, that's why the blood of Jesus is so precious, because you can be forgiven. You can be abundantly pardoned. You can be saved today. Hallelujah. And God has authorized every servant of His to pray with anyone on this planet that is truly repentant that they might be forgiven and that their sins might be truly remitted. And I pray today if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord that you will come to Him today. That you will bow to Him and you will confess your sin before Him. And that you will not only repent of that sin and confess that sin, that you will receive Christ as your Sovereign and your Savior. Hallelujah. And that from that moment forward, you will let the past go. Because it is gone as far as God is concerned. Hallelujah. Throughout all eternity from this point forward, those sins will never be brought up against you. Don't ever let the devil stand and remind you. Go free today in Jesus' name and come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.